Hello, I'm going to talk to you today about the role of the nurse on the mission field. Welcome to this session. A little bit about me. I have been in um, this profession for over 30 years. I have lots of acute care uh, background, if you will. So PICU, CVICU, I did ECMO and transport. But then I shifted a little bit more toward the community development side, um, community health evangelism, and being able to serve within communities and then academic service learning. Um, I'm currently functioning as a professor within a university setting. So a little bit different role for me than I've had in the past. So what we're gonna look at today are the call to mission. So just starting there before even getting to the role of what you actually do. And then what are some tools that when you're there, what would you be wanting to do? And how do you get to that point? What are some of those steps? So I would challenge you first and say, why did you go into nursing or another healthcare profession if you're here visiting from another profession? Did you feel like you were called? So that might be for some of you. Did you want to help other people? You knew you could get a job anywhere or was there something else? Historically, nurses often did go into nursing um, because they did feel called to help others, but we all have different motivations, perhaps, as how we got to this point in our lives. So then the next question in this would be, why go into the mission field at all? And perhaps you want to travel. It sounds fun. Or maybe you have a heart for some social justice issues. Maybe you want to help people or empower them. Or maybe you want to bring them to know Jesus. Or maybe it was that still small voice that you heard. And he is saying, just take what you know and go. Share it wherever I send you. And that could be what you might have heard. God does have a purpose. And we see that in the entire Bible. His mission is the plot. And that is um, best understood in that way. God's mission is the reason that there's a Bible at all. And really, it is all about one mission that all nations will worship him. Missions really do exist to bring the fame of God to all peoples of the earth. Psalm 86, 9 tells us, all nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. God's plan really does begin in Genesis when he calls Abraham out of a polytheistic society and he says, all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. And he fulfills that promise in Jesus. So our purpose, the reason that we were created was to glorify the Lord and sing his praises. And that really does mean acting and thinking in a way that really reflects his greatness. And we need to really seek after that and yearn after that and not just go through the motions. Perhaps what we need, sometimes we think we need a map. But really, we're just called to follow and walk in that path he's created already for us. So perhaps instead of a map, perhaps what we need is a compass. So Oswald Chambers said, God does not have to come and tell me what I must do. He brings me into a relationship with himself where I hear his call and understand what he wants me to do. And I do it out of sheer love. When people say they have had a call to what he would have called foreign service or to any particular sphere of work, they mean that their relationship to God has enabled them to realize what they can do for God. So he is our compass. We have his word. And so, yes, yes, some of you are saying, okay, yes, I understand. That's why I came to this session. So let's go after what is needed. Well, when you think about head knowledge, what we need to bring to the table, first and foremost, of course, in any endeavor is prayer. And we do need to read the word. We really do need to know what scripture says. 
you need to understand this idea of discipleship, even outside of our discipline. Yes, you have training in your discipline. Yes, you're an expert or even perhaps a novice in your discipline. But you really need some biblical foundations, perhaps even some leadership skills that are helpful when you are in that role, whatever that might look like. And you do need to be creative and think outside the box sometimes and be very flexible. So all of that is what is needed from a head or knowledge point of view. So what's needed from a heart perspective? Well, we need to stop being indifferent to the brokenness and the hurting people that are all around us who do not know who Jesus is. Be willing to be hot and dirty and do and demonstrate what we would call servant leadership. And it really pulls you out of your comfort zone. No complaining is allowed and being able to really count the cost of what it is that you're doing. And that's all part of um, the heart piece. There's so much suffering going on all around us. You know, the majority of the world sleeps on the floor and they eat with their hands and we may not be as comfortable with that, but we do need to trust in the Lord and we need to have that faith, believing in miracles and signs. And then the more yielded that we are to God, the more clearly we're going to see that our calling really is to serve others no matter where we are. And he really can work through our weakness in that situation. And when we think about our hands, what's needed there is being willing to touch the untouchable. I was in India and we were just loving on some little kids. Well, there's a caste system in India. And the mom was off to the side and she said, why are you touching my children? No one has ever touched my children before. And that's perhaps something as a pediatric nurse that really was a surprise for me. I need to use my gifts and talents and demonstrate that love for all the people that God puts in front of me, even those that might be considered untouchable. And what's interesting in the midst of this, and we're talking about the role of nurses, is it might end up being a little bit different than what you anticipated. You also need to be willing to be part of church planting strategies, because chances are you're going to be um, partnering with a church group or another organization that's there long term. And so whether you're going short term or long term, you need that partnership to ensure that you're not creating any issues um, after you leave if it is a short-term situation. So again, it's going to be different than you might think. You want to enter the community, which isn't just going and getting there, but really entering the community, make disciples, and empower um, that church. So I would, again, challenge you a little bit. We're doing a lot of self-reflection today, but where do you see yourself? Do you see that your primary role is to care for emotional and intellectual needs of people, or perhaps the spiritual needs of people, or perhaps the physical needs? And with our discipline, we can sometimes focus so much on the physical that we forget about some of the other pieces. And when we get overseas, we find out that perhaps the emphasis is even different than we might have anticipated. So let's talk about what the ABCs of ministry would look like. This is a type of strategy that a variety of places use, um, organizations. So let's go through what that means. The first one is A. A is for access. It's the Lord's plan that all people would know of his glory. All the nations that he's made will bow down before him and they'll honor him and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory. And so it, it really is important to understand that. The good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations. The unreached, those that have never heard of Jesus, will be reached and then the end will come, it tells us in Matthew. And so the highest priority really is to advance the gospel. And yes, we have nursing or other disciplines in our back pocket as a tool, um, but it really is the focus is on the gospel. And how you do that is humbly. And that is by getting behind closed doors. So that's the B in our strategy. So your platform might not be what you think it is. It's what the community sees. So you really do have to establish trust. If you go in saying that you're going to 
run a business and then you don't run a business, then the people are not going to trust you. So you really do need to enter that community in a humble way. Jesus began his work by healing and then he supported it by teaching. So it might be that you're doing something a little different when you first get there than you might have thought. That entry of humbleness is so important because you don't want to cause any distress and make any waves. This particular diagram is adapted from InterVarsity. They've used it in some of their training. And so it shows you that depending on what your approach is will depend on your results. So if you're open and to cultural differences, then perhaps you will have some less clash, clashes, if you will, than um, if you are closed. So are you open? In which case you are going to establish rapport and understanding and be able to deepen relationships. It's about relationship building perhaps even more so than using your discipline. It's building relationships. And if you enter at the bottom part of the graph, then perhaps there's going to be broken relationships and that is not good for advancing the gospel. And yes, C, care for the needy. And that is something that we are very well trained for. But again, not just meeting the needs of the the physical needs, but really doing both things together with no strings attached. I think again about a situation in India where we were partnered with World Health Organization and we were giving food out to children that were below the percentile for their weight. And families would say, oh, you're just doing this so that we'll come to your service. No, we were doing that because the World Health Organization was recognizing that nutrition was an issue in this particular slum area that we were working in. So they came and they heard some health teaching. And then if they chose, they also heard the gospel message. And we put those things together. So many places around the world, a spiritual conversation really can occur because you're combining the healing and the spiritual peace. And we can be the hands and feet of, of Jesus. And that's where we can use our discipline in a really great way to show honor and dignity and compassion and caring because we're all called to go and make disciples. And that's our next one. So D, making disciples, the goal of missions, no matter what your discipline is, is to disciple and teach others to do the same thing. And then in this particular verse in Timothy, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. So this is the idea of making disciples. In the Old and New Testament, there's so many examples of mentors training others. Moses mentored Joshua. Um, Jesus poured into all of those who followed him. Paul had many young men that he poured into as well. So healthy and authentic disciples make healthy churches. And that's what we're looking for overseas as well. Being able to gather in groups and worship together, denying yourself by living in humility. Again, in some of those perhaps tough situations that you were not accustomed to um, before you went to wherever it is that you're headed. So it really is important to be a leader like Paul and raise up some Timothys and understand the culture. So that's the part that really is important as well. And what are the faith traditions that are there and how do you do that? Because really what you want to do is holistic discipleship, doing life together, concern for every aspect of life within that community that you have now established yourself within, teaching, studying, and it's everybody's responsibility, like I said. And so we need guides who can train trainers, teach teachers, and disciple disciples, no matter whether you're a nurse or another discipline that you're bringing with you. And the reason is we want to empower the church. So again, the passions of the Lord become the passions of the church. We want that continuing mentoring, that life-on-life -life teaching, because an authentic disciple is one who's been transformed. And he died for all peoples, not for buildings, not for programs. So we can pray, we can teach, we can encourage one another. We can advance the gospel and defeat the powers and principalities 
And that's what we can do and when the church will exhibit all of those spiritual gifts, um, which includes you, then we get to love on each other as well. You also have tools in your toolbox. So as a nurse or perhaps another healthcare provider, you have so many tools. What I would suggest as one of the tools is know the Bible stories. You have to learn the stories so that you can perhaps combine them with your health teaching. It is a great tool. CHE Community Health Evangelism models this, as does community um, development models. And so really understanding Good Samaritan story and then being able to apply that wherever you are. The Bleeding Woman story is an excellent story. So I'll give you an example. Again, in India, we were teaching about women's health, and then we told the story of the bleeding woman. And afterwards, a woman came up to us and she said, I'm that woman. I am bleeding. And we thought, oh, my. And so we prayed over her. And then we found out a month later that she had been healed. So you just never know. This was a Hindu woman who had never heard the name of Jesus before. We told her a story from the New Testament, and she came to be a believer after that because she saw the power of miracles and healing in her own life. So you really can use storytelling. Nursing is a bridge, and it can get you into those behind the closed doors. It can get you in places to run clinics and do some other exciting things, but you also need to be able to build the bridge with the gospel and being able to tell those stories um, is really important. We need to show his grace and love and always remember what cross-cultural context that you might be in. Again, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Serving others is sacred work, no matter what we're doing and where we're doing it. So sometimes we can do that in a different way. Um, Micah uh, 6.8 talks about that. Here, I, uh, Not that one, that's Isaiah 6.8. Here am I, Lord, uh, send me. Another way that you can do that is really understand the culture. Now, culture, we could spend a whole week just on this particular topic. The culture that you might be headed into has perhaps a different perspective on worldview and healing and what causes illness and what causes disease than perhaps we do. So we come from more of a biomedical worldview where there's cause and effect, right? And we have our bodily functions. And if you you have someone who's in CHF, you might give them Lasix and then we have urine output. Well, there might be some cultures around the world where they have more of a magical thinking about what causes disease or a more animistic worldview where Everything is inhabited by spirits and you have to keep the spirits happy and you have to go and visit the spirit doctor or the shaman and do what that person says. Well, we are operating not only from our medical worldview, but we really should be operating from a kingdom worldview. We're really thinking about we can um, use all of these gifts and talents. God redeems all of it and he can heal in a different way than perhaps what we have been thinking about. There are going to be some potential challenges to even just going, and that could be family situations. So you might be, um, you might have aging parents, you might have small children, you might have children with special needs perhaps, and so there's some concerns there. Perhaps you have some student debt or other concerns, and there's ways to pass, uh, pay that down and get rid of some of that. There's other distractions. There might be health issues that come up unexpectedly. But again, God has a plan for all of these things. God works in amazing, amazing ways. There are different types of going, um, if you will. So that would be perhaps a short term. Again, you'd want a partnership with some kind of organization or church group um, in country, wherever that might be. It might be clinical focused, it might be academic. There's lots of disaster relief organizations. You can do training with FEMA, with SPHERE, um, which is an international training program. You can do community development when you go short term. And sometimes people will say, well, perhaps short term isn't um, as meaningful. You just have to be very careful. Short-term can be very meaningful, but you don't want to create dependency or harm. 
So for example, um, we had a team that came and did CPR. We were in Cambodia at that time. And we, um, the, they taught CPR to river people, people that lived on a river um, on boats. That was their home. And their problem in that area was that children often fall off the boats and drown. So we taught CPR and then the team left and went home and we um, heard from the people when we went out to visit um, in a, about a month later that one of the moms had um, done CPR on a little one, a three-year-old who had fallen in. Now you have to understand the culture. In that culture, they would perhaps think that keeping the child in the water would be okay because they don't want the spirit to leave the child. And if they leave this, the baby in the water, then their the spiritual realm would be appeased and happy. And so the mom instead, because she learned CPR, did pull the baby out and perform CPR and the child survived. So again, you just never know. That was a short-term team that had come and done some intervention. And then the long-term team is able to pick that up and continue to do CPR training in other villages. And that's part of what you want to do and not create that um, dependency. For long-term, again, you would be partnering with a local church. So even if you're going with that tool in your toolbox of being a nurse, you are most likely going to be under the umbrella of a local church because um, many places won't let you practice in nursing unless you take the tests there. It just depends on the place that you're located. So if you're partnering with the local church, perhaps there's some teaching, perhaps there'll be health clinics and um, in different variety of places, uh, villages, slums, refugee camps, it doesn't, there's lots of places where that could happen. Um, but you could also do home visits. And again, getting behind closed doors, being able to share personal stories. I'll give you a couple examples of that. So when we've gone into people's homes in this particular village, for example, which is in Thailand on top of a mountain somewhere, um, there was a, a lady that we were visiting and she had cancer. Well, one of the people that is part of the long-term team also has cancer and she's been healed and she's in remission. And so we were able to share that story um, with this particular woman. What's interesting in these types of places is that there's a lot of opposition sometimes because of the shaman or spirit doctors or whomever within the village, because they know that our Jesus spirit is way more powerful than theirs. And so you really do have to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit when you're going overseas and when you're going into these locations. So for example, again, with this village, there had been no believers. Um, the partners had gone in to the government and said, where can we go? So that's that partnership beyond the church. And the government said, we'll go to this little village up in the hills and do some community development. So that's what occurred. And there were no believers, like I said, and pretty soon there were a few believers, but then the shaman felt that their power was being uh, taken away. So they wanted the villagers that had be, uh, come to know God to leave. And they said, no, they just moved to a different part of the village. So the rest of the villagers said, we got to get rid of those believers. Shaman, you need to do something. So he reportedly um, did whatever rituals that he did, and he sent some evil spirits or demons to torment the believers. Well, he then reported to the rest of the villagers that Jesus spirit is too strong. My spirits went to the village, to the home where these um, believers were. Now these homes have stairs up into the home. And so um, when the spirits went to the home, there was a man in white sitting on the stairs with a beard and there were others sitting next to him and my spirits were not able to get upstairs into the home. So those are the types of stories that you get to hear and the miracles and the visions and the way that the Lord works in so many amazing ways beyond what you might think of as just nursing or just healthcare. It really is bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth and um, being able to do holistic care and perhaps in these oral-based con um, contexts, if you will, so keeping orality in mind that they are storytellers, all the more reason to be very knowledgeable about storytelling and listening to their stories. 
to be able to find that common ground and really know how to talk to and do that community development. Now, community development is a little bit different than um, disaster relief. And that, again, could be a whole nother um, context for another breakout session. But really, the goal is spontaneous multiplication. So again, this village now has a pretty robust group, about 30 to 40 um, believers, and they have since been going to the next village over. Now, mind you, what I didn't tell you is getting to this village initially was the only way that you could get in was either by walking in or on motorcycle initially. Nowadays, there's a little bit wider track, but going to the next village there is no road that's wide enough other than for a motorcycle. So again, things have changed and the gospel is being spread. And that is what we're talking about. So back to the role. Really important guidelines. You don't want to create dependency and you want to be safe in whatever it is that you're doing. So following best practice guidelines for patient safety um, and global health, uh, are you trying to serve your own needs? Are you trying to serve the needs of the community? Um, check with governmental agencies within the organization. I will um, show you When Healthcare Hurts is a great book that you might want to read. They talk about a lot about situations, let's say in Haiti, where after earthquakes, um, people that were well-meaning went in for short term and set up a clinic, but it was three miles down the road from another clinic that was there year round. And because the Americans were there, then um, people didn't go to the local clinics. So being very careful, again, if you're from a, an American context or from other um, places where they might be taken away from the business, if you will, of the locals, that is not what we want to do. We want to go in and partner with work that is already being done. And perhaps it gives a shot in the arm, if you will, to the group that's already there, the national partners, and gives them credibility and helps them further the gospel message. And that really is what we want while we stay in alignment with the sustainable development goals, that's the SDGs and the World Health Organization standards. Because really we were created for the journey. So in Ephesians, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. That's why we were created. But let me give you some words of advice, what not to pack. And really, we have a tendency, especially in Western culture, to think that we know everything. So we need to not bring our ego, not bring our pride. We don't want that savior complex. Or for those of you that might be old enough to remember the cartoon Mighty Max, or Mighty Mouse, um, here I am to save the day. No, no, that's the wrong attitude. That is not what you want to take with you. Again, thinking back to that entry um, posture, that humble posture, that servant leadership, that is what is needed and um, not pity either. But you do want to pack your teamwork mentality, um, that spiritual life, you really need to be grounded in the word and really have that solid foundation and be prepared culturally for whatever area it is that you might be headed. Really, it is all about bringing Jesus. Yes, you have your discipline. Yes, you have your tools in your toolbox for that, but being aware that it might be strategic planning for church planting, the multiplication that you're going to end up really could be the main focus. I um, have a friend who was serving in a clinic and the clinic closed. And so they switched from providing healthcare to doing community development. And so that is a lot different focus, but she was able to use her nursing skills in that way. So again, it's whatever is in front of us and being able to do that. So what are, um, what does Micah say to us? Again, what is good, what is right, love mercy, walk humbly, that is what we are supposed to be doing. So if you're thinking about it, or you might already be there, um, but those of you that perhaps aren't, what are some of those next steps 
because the role is going to vary. It's going to depend on where you are, where the Lord takes you. But if you haven't gone yet, you need to really pray and seek the Lord's guidance. Perhaps look for an organization that is um, partnered with your church. The best way might be to be sponsored by a church, but really look for that. Um, and then perhaps decide on a community. Now, sometimes, um, again, you can go once you get there, go to the government and find out the opportunities there. But when you're looking at communities or if your organization is looking at communities, are there disciples already there? If not, is there a person of peace that you can connect with? Um, are they spiritually open? Because perhaps that might be something to consider as well. Do you have a place to live? And you definitely want to learn the language and learn about the culture so that um, you can get there in, it's not a sprint, let's say, it's a marathon, it's day to day. Because really, you need to plan for the call, you need to walk with God, you need to be ready, you need to plan for everything, but expect nothing. You were created for this journey, like a beautiful mosaic piece. You've been given a specific place where you fit in your gifts, your talents. God has formed you and blessed you so that you can use them and your skills and your profession um, on the path that he's prepared for you. So the culmination in one of my favorite verses, thinking about this in the many places that I've been, is that Eventually, Revelation 7, 9, I will be worshiping at the throne with all tribes, tongues, people, nations. That is the goal, that all people would come to know who Jesus is. That's exciting. Thank you so much for your kind attention. And I believe I might be seeing you in the question and answer session after this. Here's some of the references. See ya.